0: Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is lucky. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Badassery podcast. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and we are joined by a truly awesome guest today. A woman who gets what it means to be herself and not give a damn about what society thinks. Her story, well, it's like a, it's like a big high five for being badass. I'm going to take you back a bit in the sprawling mountains outside of Las Vegas, back in the 1980s, our guest, Sarah Perez, began crafting her story. At the tender age of 14, Sarah penned short stories that, let's say, pushed the boundaries of conventional norms. Stories deemed a little improper for a young lady to write about. So she chose to silence her creative spirit and embarked on a path familiar to her father. She became an engineer just like he was. However, life can lead us back to our true calling. Sarah's innate, multi-passion nature eventually led her to explore her creative side, albeit sparingly. Her journey then took a detour when she became sick during her corporate career. Misdiagnosed with an autoimmune disease, she ventured into the world of nutrition, an area that had always interested her. But that wasn't the final chapter of her transformative journey. Along the way, Sarah discovered the power and healing of reiki. She not only became a certified reiki practitioner but also began teaching other women how to heal themselves through the practice. Yet, there was still something missing, something waiting to be uncovered. Sarah's unique blend of heart-opening exercises and crystals for dream recall in her practice revealed a hidden world within her, characters that yearned to be part of a greater story. So, she started to write. And in just one month, she had her very first manuscript for a novel. More than just a story, this journey of self-expression and creativity became her way to heal her shame for wanting something unconventional. Today, Sarah Perez stands proudly as a published author, confident in her authentic self, unburdened by the opinions of others. As she likes to say, that's none of my business. Join us today as we take a deep dive into her incredible journey, the engineer turned Reiki practitioner, turned nutrition enthusiast, and now a published author. Sarah, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: I love that energy. When I read <laughs> your bio, I kept saying, oh, that's cool. Oh, wow, that's cool. Okay, wait a second. I want those sto- I want to go back to 14 in those stories, so- um- <laughs> at the, at the, at the, at the consequence of maybe being told, no, I'm going to say, can we go back to when you were just discovering your creative side as a young woman in outside the Hills of Las Vegas?
1: Yeah. So that's, um, that's interesting. That was felt, it feels like a million years ago. <laughs> you know? It's like, okay. Um, but yeah, when I was 14, about 14, I was in high school and I, I really liked, I, I read pretty much everything from Stephen King, right? I love Stephen King. He was amazing. Uh, I stopped reading his stuff because there was just one book that I'm like, I'm never reading this stuff again. But anyway, the horror side of it was very fascinating to me. And so I said, oh, well, what if I start writing my own stories? And I started writing my own stories and a lot of it had to do with like vampires and, You know, single women that were you know they had good careers, they lived in high rise apartments, I mean everybody's rich in my stories right (laughs) but, but when you're 14 and you're raised in a church. um, Those stories are not very Christian like Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of conflict that goes on within you when you're like a good girl big air quotes there right and these stories that are seemingly dangerous there's sex (laughs) in them and it's like but what do you know about sex you're 14 and i didn't know anything about it at the time i mean i was innocent for the most part Uh, but i had a lot of curiosities and when i wrote about what i thought it you know was like (laughs) um i became very embarrassed and very ashamed of myself. Like, no, I should know better than this. I'm a good Christian girl. I, I'm not gonna write this stuff anymore.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's so interesting that women in particular, again and again and again, fall into this trap of, I need to do differently. I need to be other than who I am. And really this has nothing to do per se with being a Christian. But it has, I think, to do more with buying into the bullshit that we are mm-hmm. told. And I, I want to preface this by saying, I truly believe that our parents, our friends, our family, we are all doing the best we can with what we have in the moment. But I want to I wanna call out that it's pretty courageous and ballsy, or maybe I should say vagina-y to pick go. up a pen after reading Stephen King and say, I'm going to write horror stories. Right, I mean that takes guts, and I just want to commend you for that. Regardless of what you what you did with those stories, that's a beautiful representation of the excitement that lives within every child. And that you said it earlier was curiosity. So, Mm -hmm. yay for you! High five for that. All right. So you put, obviously, somebody saw your books, read your stories, and like Sarah, this is unacceptable. This is not good Christian reading. you know, dampen that down and just focus on study, correct?
1: Actually, I was so ashamed that I burned them. I did not let anybody read them at all. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it, I, in the past, I've always been one to shame myself before anybody else could, or judge myself before anybody else could. So there was a certain I don't know. You know, the angel and the devil on your shoulder. I I always liken it to that, like the angel and the devil. My angel was like 800 feet tall and my devil was like an inch tall saying, no, you should really write these. It'd be really sexy. And then my angel was like, hell no. You know, it's, it was, yeah, I had, I had so much of that already built up by the age of 14 that I'm like, Mm-mm, not sharing this too risky, too risky. I, I could get judged. people could you know call me a devil worshiper or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I found out later that a lot of it was my mom's trauma like ancestral trauma. It wasn't because my dad was relatively open-minded about things like that. But my mom was raised in a Catholic church where that kind of just like trickled down to me. As an example, but not, but that's not who I was. I was just trying to play that role.
0: You've hit on something really important, which I think is worth talking about. This idea that we often take on roles that aren't ours because it's expected of us, or it is, it is handed down through the through the um, uh, generations, and it's it's sometimes despite feeling uncomfortable or not like me not like us. We still do it because that's, it seems easier to give in than to stand up and put ourselves in line of fire. For example, I'm going to be judged. What will mom think? This is going to hurt their feelings or yeah. So very, yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I'm curious though, once you burnt them, did that make you feel better or did you just close the door and never go there again until you were older?
1: Yeah. I wouldn't say that it made me feel better, but it made me feel like I was closing a door. Exactly, like you said, it, it made me feel like I was closing a door. And I was like, I will just find a different way to be creative. I mean, I play piano, I write songs. I was in a couple of bands. There's a, there, there are so many things that I've done and tried just to get that creative side out because I can't help but express it, right? So it, it felt like I was closing a door, but at the same time, I had so many doors open that I could pick a path you know
0: beautiful okay so you burnt the books the incredibly scandalous scandalous books that you wrote (laughs) at 14 vampires and and young wealthy corporate women and you studied engineering yes did you see the creative side of engineering and and recognize that or did you go into it because daddy did it and it seemed the easiest path I'm I'm curious
1: yeah so I actually did resonate with the creative side of engineering i'm kind of a math geek, <laughs> so I, I, I do I I love math I love. Uh, specifically like geometry right which is shapes and figures and, and stuff like that, and so the engineering side of it was really easy to be creative as long as I was able to draw something when I got into corporate it quickly changed into something that I had to balance finances and numbers and budgeting and and that was heavy. And I, I didn't have time to draw and use that creative side. And I had to pass off that work. So essentially I was a project managing engineer and I could feel my soul being sucked out daily.
0: <laughs> okay, I wanna jump in because First of all, that's a great description. I can tell you're a writer. <laughs> but if for those of, for our listeners today, can you give us some concrete examples of how what you mean when you say I could feel my soul being sucked out daily? Like I know what you mean, but I'm wondering if you can just tell us straight talk. Going to work, what were you feeling?
1: Disappointment.
0: Okay, that's a good word. Um,
1: I would, in any given day. I would walk into the office. And it was like a thick cloud that you could cut with a butter knife. And I could before people even opened their mouth to start to complain about something that was wrong in the way the rules were, I could feel it in my gut, I could feel it in my chest. And if it wasn't for some of my really fantastic coworkers. I probably wouldn't have made it as long as I did because I would literally go in there, and the one thing that would perk me up is to talk to people about their personal lives, I I had a a buddy in there that I talked to ad nauseum about different religions and stuff like that, and that really. That stuff lights me up because i'm again very curious right it's one of my superpowers Uh, and. Just to learn about other people's religions and other people's lives in general. Really awesome. Um, But but hearing about how somebody's complaining over and over and over and over again about the same thing that seemingly could not be changed by somebody at our level. It's very disheartening to to hear that to be a part of that to succumb to. Okay, well, these are the rules so that's why we do it. And that's something that uh, my inner rebel was like, get the fuck out, please. And I'm like, no, I can't, I need money. Like, you know, so there's,
0: there was that. So how long were you in the corporate world?
1: I, I'm i currently still in the corporate world. I got one foot in and one foot out, right? So uh, 19 years I've been an engineer. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think, I know I can certainly relate to what you're saying. And it, you know, again it comes down to this this idea of how do we find the balance? How do I justify allowing my soul to be sucked out of me with a smile on my face as I as I deposit the paycheck? Like where what is the balance and where where do I draw the line and what on putting myself first? So many of us women especially struggle with that. Like where where's the boundary? Like when is it okay for me to to flip somebody the bird? And when is it okay for me to say, you know what, this actually is not working for me anymore. And in order for me to stay, then I'm going to invite you to look at things differently. I mean, that takes a lot of guts and it's not always, it's certainly something that I work on with my clients on a regular basis. So by the way, I really want to highlight that the, the thing that you loved most about your work when it was soul sucking on the one hand, was that you were also doing what I think humans desperately want to do, which is feel a connection and have conversations and learn and grow and be there. So it's kind of interesting that you had both this beautiful opportunity to have great friendships and to connect. And this realization, this dawning realization that, wow, I am not happy here, despite how happy I was perhaps at the beginning. Okay. So you became very ill. Can, can you share with us what that, when that came about and and how that sort of played out?
1: Yeah, I was, I was a new mother at the time. So I just thought, oh, I'm all, I'm tired all the time because, you know, I'm a new mom. I'm not sleeping at night. I'm waking up five times to feed the baby, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, kid, kids got a little bit older. And of course I had another one and I'm like, oh, okay, so it's because I'm older and, you know, cause with my second one, they called me of advanced maternal age, which was really funny. And I kept on making fun of it. Cause I'm like, really, I'm old. I'm like in my late thirties, whatever. And I'm having a baby, big deal, right? Like, it's like the 21st century people. <laughs> so anyway, but anyway, I was labeled as that. And I was constantly monitoring and stuff. And after I had the second uh, baby, it was, I I could barely stay awake to say their prayers at night. I literally so exhausted, slurring my words, even during the daytime sometimes. I was that tired. I was almost like a functioning zombie. Uh, My skin was even gray. A a good friend of mine told me, I don't wanna offend you. (laughs) I was like, but, and he's like, your skin is gray you don't look well, and I'm praying for you. And I'm like, wow. And that really woke me up. I was on the treadmill. And this is actually when I started my um, my health coaching business, right? So I'm on the treadmill, it's four in the morning. I'm doing my, my slides for my workshop and stuff like that, right? Because I was online health coach and I was working full-time and I had two babies and all the things, right? And I remember thinking, man, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm going to do this dang thing. I'm doing this. I'm going to create a successful business and then I'm going to retire from engineering. And that linear thinking got me in trouble. Uh, I went into work and doing my normal thing. My boss comes up to my desk and says, oh, can you, um, can you come into the office when you get a chance? And I'm like, sure, I'm just going to wrap up this one thing. I have a lot of phone calls to make and coordination and all that stuff. He took me into a separate office with another boss that wasn't mine and there was a stack of papers and he said, "Well, we have to let you know that you are the first one to be laid off today." And I was like, "Thank you, Jesus." <laughs> like I had never been so happy and disappointed in my whole entire like on one hand, I had no freaking clue what I was going to do for money. <laughs> you know. <laughs> on the other hand, I was so blessed to be released And then I thought to myself, because you said earlier, boundaries, right? I thought to myself, I don't have good boundaries. That is exactly why I'm in this situation. I did not assess my own boundaries. I had to have the universe assess my boundaries for me and be like, no, this this is it, Sarah. You got to get out of here. And that's when I finally took a break, but it wasn't a real break. I took all of those bad habits and non-boundaries into my health coaching business.
0: okay first off I can so relate to your story I won't get into it here but suffice to say when I was invited to leave the corporate world I too did a happy dance and I recognized (laughs) that the universe was giving me the opportunity that I had been secretly asking for through my behavior and denial for years so I'm super crazy proud of you but when you said that you took the same behavior and challenges limiting beliefs whatever whatever it was that you said into your new business i had a bit of a cringe
1: hmm. because
0: there's got to be when did you realize in the new business that you actually hadn't really progressed much
1: i wasn't making any money i was undercharging for the and overworking and overgiving you know the people people pleaser syndrome kind of thing right and the money mindset stuff and all that stuff so i was i was i was doing All of that I was giving away my valuable time knowledge effort. um, Help in transformation and guidance for not enough money to feed my family. And that's how I was basically taught, so I ended up getting a business coach and I was like oh well, maybe they can help me and I did everything like a good student should and it did not work for me it only burned me out further so yeah it was
0: not fun when did the illness when did you where where did the sickness illness come into play
1: um before i got laid off i went to see a dermatologist because i had a spot on my face and my dad being all doomsday about it he's like that could be cancer go check it out and i'm like okay well nobody wants to nobody wants to hear the c word right so i'm like okay i'll go check it out don't want anything to get worse and the dermatologist says, Well, it's not cancer, but it was tested positive for lupus. And I was like, Lupus is an autoimmune disease. And they were like, Yeah, so we're going to send you to a rheumatologist. <laughs> I'm like, Great. Here goes the journey from doctor to doctor to doctor, which I have a lot of experience going from doctor to doctor to doctor when I was young. I had a lot of that experience. So I'm just like, and maybe that's what started it. Now that I come to think of it, come to think of it, I burned those manuscripts. I started having stomach problems. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. All the blood tests. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. The sickness or the illness was basically a just massive, massive tiredness and uh, my skin was breaking out in these weird red things and nobody knew what they really were. As I started using, actually that's that's when I found the help of the most wonderful Reiki master teacher on the planet. My Reiki master teacher is amazing. And I said, I need to do something. I'm eating well, I'm exercising, I'm doing all the things that I was taught as a health coach. And my many certifications i'm doing all those things i need help and she says well within three to five consecutive sessions is when my clients start seeing shifts and i said sign me up for five right now <laughs> i was convinced
0: okay i would like i'm going to invite you to share a very basic explanation of what that means because i think it's a term that general public may hear lots, but not everybody totally understands. So can you explain what it is that you do as a Reiki practitioner?
1: Yes, so Reiki is the Japanese art of stress reduction and it utilizes life force energy to reduce the stress and heal the physical, mental, spiritual issues that we usually bring forth with stress. So essentially it's like the badassest stress reduction thing you could possibly do. It it works on your mindset. It works on little physical shifts in your body. It's essentially bringing in source energy in a concentrated way. And the Reiki practitioner is just a conduit for that life force energy.
0: So we're going to take a short break right now, but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds. Ladies, unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass, from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, Purpose and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it. Okay, that's a lot. It's okay. You need more I mean, basic? <laughs> but it, No, it's good. So what I'm hearing is that, you know, you... You've had multiple opportunities to question your beliefs, your stories, your badassery all through your life. And for those of you listening, it often starts young. Like we're in, we are spiritual beings having a human existence. Sometimes the spiritual being is really very vocal from like two. But so you've had this a few times, you know, history is repeating itself. Mm-hmm. You Discovered this practice. You obviously felt a lot better from it. So you learned it. You are now doing it as a health coach. But I want to go back to your comment where you said you actually didn't really make many changes because some of the same challenges that defined you in the corporate world you still took with you when you started your your sideline business. When can you give us an example of when that was very, very obvious and you couldn't ignore it anymore?
1: It actually, it was during those first Reiki sessions that I had. I started shifting the way I showed up online. And I started shifting who my services were for. And towards, I wanna say, after I became trained as a practitioner and I got all of my hours in for certification, that's when I decided I was completely pivoting my business and I was dropping the health coaching thing because I didn't wanna help people. I didn't want to help people lose weight or, or help their kids eat healthy. Like I do. I want all children to eat healthy. I'm not saying that I don't want to help. However, I realized by aligning myself with that Reiki energy with that life force energy that I wasn't the person to do that. That was not my battle that was not my passion. And so I shifted everything. And when I first started my Reiki practice, I ended up with three clients, literally the day after I got my certification in hand. (laughs) Beautiful. I was like, well, this is better.
0: (laughs) So and you still were working in corporate at this point?
1: Um, <clears throat> at that point, wow, that's good. Cause timeline really messes up for me at, at, around that area. No, I believe I was not working in corporate. I was taking a break. I actually, yeah. Cause when I got laid off, that's when I decided to take a break and just jump into my business. And, um, I forgot to prioritize my fun with my family. So my family was like out in the pool and I could hear them and I'm sitting there putting together canvas and I'm like, this sucks. Um, but yeah, so I did have a break from corporate for a little while. And that was during that time when I was doing Reiki sessions and, and getting my certifications for Reiki. I was not in corporate at that point.
0: Okay. So love that you've done some growth. You've discovered a a whole new practice. You found some, um, some perhaps physical release. You're feeling better physically. You've done, you've made some pivots in your business, your online business. What happened for you next? What came next in this journey?
1: I have always had an affinity for teaching. I, I feel like I learn better when I teach and that could be true for all the people, right? (laughs) However, uh, I'm not a huge fan of just learning something and letting it sit because my brain doesn't retain it, so I literally have to rearrange it in my brain, so that I can teach it for someone else, and then I understand it better. So when I was getting my certification for Reiki practitioner there's two more levels before you become a master teacher right and one, my massage therapist was like, well, why don't you just get your Reiki master? I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm just a Reiki practitioner. We're, we're good. I don't, I don't need to do that. But then after I got my certification and I started learning more about people's needs and, and what, what they need, uh, for their healing journey, I was like, I need them to, I need them to heal themselves daily. (laughs) Like they, they need to learn how to do this for themselves because I, I am only one person and I get it there's tons of reiki practitioners out there, but I am only one person, and I want to teach other people. And so I started down that path of uh, teaching and certifying women in reiki and that was the funnest thing up until that point that I had ever done I was like this is amazing.
0: Why was it so fun? And I love that your energy has just gone through the roof. Those of you that aren't (laughs) listening to this, I'll tell you, she just like this grin, like obviously she has amazing (laughs) energy, but she is giggling, laughing. So I believe you when you said that was the funnest thing up until that point, but why do you think that was? Community. I I was
1: building my own community of awesome women. Like these women were amazing. And I'm like, you guys are the best. And I have a, a small community still because I still do monthly uh, Reiki circles, but I've changed them to be called spiritual gifts circles because all of these women, they're intuitive, they have different spiritual gifts. I even went off and taught courses on uh, developing your your psychic abilities, whichever the, the heaviest ones are for you or the, the most prominent ones are for you. And so once a month, I still love to get together with these women and discover the new things that they're doing. It's just, it's just amazing, and I love the community of it. And it's, it's a place that I've cultivated for myself based on people just, oh, I like your energy. I'm like, good, come to my group. I love you too. Let's go. You know. So I think that was really important for me. And if anybody listening knows anything about human design, um, My profile is two, four, which means I could be a total hermit and like just dig myself in a room for a couple days like leave me alone. I'm working on my creative stuff or the four line profile is is very much networking and community and relying on your network of people and so, for me, we share I facilitate the circle, but we share gifts that. Are amazing and just talking to these women and i've even expanded it i'm like yeah if you want to come come let's go you just you just have to believe in spirituality that's it that's all you don't need to have reiki certifications whatever so i do have some of my reiki students in there that i've had like they've been certified by me for years now and then i have new women who have different abilities that are fantastic <laughs> i just love them so that's what makes it fun for me And I think it was the preparing the lessons and and the classes were too long, I I set up the classes to where they were too long for me to teach and so. I would have to sleep for two days or rest for two days afterwards, so I thought that's a lot of energy moving in those classes too, so I I had decided to not do it any of it anymore Uh, and that's why or initially I started the heart op- opening exercises and, and the crystals for Dream Recall because I had a community of women that I wanted to teach other things, but at the same time for myself to experiment on myself was very important to me, like, is this going to work? Let me check it out. And when I did that, that's when I was like, wow, these characters look good in a book. And I'm like, okay. So I took a break from Reiki for a while, just doing random here and there, you know, sessions or whatever. And it was, it was kind of freeing, but it, it, again, didn't pay the bills. So I decided, well, I'm being invited to, you know, come and be an expert with this one company. Like you have all these skills that we need, we want to hire you. And I was like, well, I'd have to jump into what I was doing in corporate again. And I don't know about that. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to ask my guides. I'm just going to open my heart and see what happens. And sure enough, I said yes. And um, I was able to feel lighter as far as income goes. And then I could pursue my creative passions. but right before i knew i was going to start that's when i wrote the first book
0: okay everybody let's just take a deep breath that's a lot of learning a lot of growing a lot of connecting which is i think our number one thing in in the world as humans is that we want to make connections i do want to ask one thing though that that i thought of as you were talking sharing that with us do you think we all have um special abilities or psychic abilities or special powers Yes. Okay. I I agree with you. I know that some of us have developed them. Some ignore them. Some intuitively know that we have them. Um, And I I, I just think it's a curious little sideline because so many times I run into people that are like, that is evil. That I don't understand. Therefore, I don't want to go there. And I feel a little bit of me feels badly because I'm like, oh, but you have no idea where, where there can be. Like going there could be the best thing ever. So I love that you talked about this idea of inviting people that perhaps aren't certified but know they've got something special because I agree with you I think we all because I believe we are spiritual beings we have all different types of gifts with us is there a gift that you have that has that came as a surprise to you because you mentioned right from the very get go you know I've always been creative I'm a creative person that's beautiful but is there a gift that you re- recognize today that was a bit of a surprise
1: oh. Well, that's a very good question. I think I kind of just go with it. No matter what's happening to me, I kind of just go with it. So, so I've, I discovered that I've always been clairsentient, so I can feel energy. And the Reiki opened that up like floodgates. And I was like, how come my hands are so hot? Why is my ear on fire? Why do I have, you know, why is there ringing? And you know, fortunately, I, I had a good teacher to walk me through, like, don't freak out, you know, and then through certain spiritual development um, courses that I've been a part of, I discovered clairvoyance, which is a very strange gift to uncover, uh, because I always tell people I see better with my eyes closed, <laughs> and I'm Like, because that doesn't make sense, right? But clairvoyance is definitely, it doesn't mean that I can see the future, uh, but sometimes it freaks my husband out because we'll be watching TV and I'll be like, oh, she's gonna pick the purple helmet. And then she picks the purple helmet on TV. He's like, have you watched this episode before? I'm like, this is a live show, honey, like, seriously. And he's like, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know, (laughs) you know, like I see it first. But I, I do. I see it first in my mind's eye. So that one took me by surprise. The clairvoyance took me by surprise, and I never wanted to claim it until recently. And I think a lot of that has to do with the work that I've done with helping others discover their clair sense, if you will, right? Because I used to do that with a crystal Reiki class that I used to have. And clairvoyance seems to be pretty prominent in my circle of people, <laughs> I guess, you know, like attracts, like law of attraction, all that good stuff. So.
0: It's so interesting because the terminology that you're using is fairly new to me. And yet what you're describing, that ain't new to me. Like I've been, that's very familiar to me. I was saying on, I think another podcast, I shared a story and I'll quickly share it with you here. I was reading, listening to an audiobook. I have severe tinnitus in both my ears. So I'm constantly listening just because I don't want to hear that. I'd rather hear, a, I'd rather hear a story or whatever. I, I listen to lots of things, but recently I was listening to an audiobook um, called the soul's journey in it. Um, the therapist documents his experiences with clients discussing, describing where their soul goal goes in between incarnations. And at one point, he's asking his client a question, you know, getting clarity. And I answered the same answer that the the client answered. And as I, as I answered it, I'm in the car on a holiday on a trip with my husband and, and our two dogs. And I thought to myself, well, that's interesting. I just answered it. And then I went, I answered it because I know it. Like I know it. I know that this story is authentic for me. So that was kind of a mind blowing experience because I've had, I've had all my life of being able to answer, like to, you know, I, I see things or I feel things or I hear things, but yeah. to connect it to the the topic, which was where the soul lives in between incarnations was kind of, kind of freaky, just, you know, say the least. But I do, thank you for that explanation. And um, honestly, guys, I don't know about you, but I just want to talk, I want to know more about this. I, I want to find out, I want to get, I want to be tested. I want to know the right words, but really, you know, linking this back to being a badass, which is what this program is all about. What I'm hearing is that when we, you said it yourself, as I got closer to the things that gave me joy, I felt lighter. Mm -hmm. And those of you that are listening, that's really what being a badass is all about. It's not being the toughest or the strongest or the smartest or the prettiest or the thinnest or the richest or any of that crap. It's about putting your hand on your heart and saying, I matter. And I'm going to listen to me. And if connecting with friends and developing or discussing spirituality is what fills your cup, then the more you do it, the more badass you're going to feel because you're just honoring who you are. And I, it's so tough for so many of us, because I think there's this idea that I don't have time to honor myself. I got to get shit done. I got to get a job. I got to get married. I got to raise good kids. Isn't my English is atrocious. I got it. I got it. my mother was- <laughs> Give me a good a good spank. Well, she wouldn't spank me because I'm an adult, but I do think, not to make light of it, that we it's easy to fall into the trap that our Western civilization has laid for us. And I do think it's a trap, Step. Mm -hmm. Come over here, sweetie, and you'll be happy. Do Mm -hmm. do, be happy. Follow the carrot. Yeah, follow the carrot, right? (laughs) In my case, it was follow the chocolate bar. Mm. Follow the ice cream but i really do appreciate and love that you have managed to fill your cup with your curiosity as you have gone on this journey but now it's time to talk about this experience where you wrote a flipping manuscript in 4 weeks what the what i is, know right tell us about these characters i want to know about these characters because they came to you for a reason
1: yes so the uh, the ma- the most main character you, there's a lot of there's a lot of main characters my writing is very multi-point of view so if you can't keep up it's probably not the book for you um i've had i've had actually a bad review that said oh my god i couldn't even finish it because you know multiple points of view and i'm like okay well what are you reading what do you enjoy to read and then how is it different from what i write and i have found that a lot of paranormal romance novels are in first person right a lot of them have very one point of view even one of my favorite ones uh stephanie meyer's twilight right that is from bella's point of view my characters are very different uh so sabrina is the main female character in my book and she's very reserved practical pragmatic she's a therapist by trade she owns her own therapy business And, but she has like a getaway. So it's, she works in the center of Las Vegas and she lives outside of Las Vegas in Blue Diamond, which is an old mining town, right? But it's very, it does not feel like Vegas at all. It's just like very away from everything. And so she essentially, she likes her peace and quiet. She doesn't believe in flights of fancy or matters of the heart, like, oh yeah, whatever. I mean, she's in her thirties, and she's like, I don't have time. I don't have time for guys. Everything's freaky. I don't want to be stalked. Like, I'm, I'm not even gonna tell people where I live. She's very, very reserved. Uh, her best friend, not so much. She's a tattoo artist, and they're like, <laughs> they're like peas and carrots and oil and water at the same time. But she, uh, her friends, always egging her on to, oh, go out. That guy's looking at you. You know. She's like, whatever. You know. She goes to this on a date with this guy in this concert and she sees because she loves rock music that's like her only that's like her guilty pleasure is like heavy metal music rock music that kind of thing. So she goes to this concert or this club that's playing that kind of music with on this date with this guy and she's absolutely just enveloped in the guitar solos. She's like, I don't know what it is, but I lose my mind when I hear these. So she takes her friend back the next night to the club, and her friend's like, that guy's looking at you. She's like, whatever, he can't see any of us. So she's very practical like whatever, whatever, whatever. And then enter Richard, the rock star. And he's very much like has he has a haunted past, and the way he lives his life is for the adventure because he's never going to live his life the way he used to because that ended up very, very, with a lot of grief in his life, essentially. So there's, he's got this haunted past. And, you know, there's, there's a push and pull in the beginning, like she doesn't want to, but she does really like him. And he just, just goes for it. And eventually they ended up getting together. And the more physically connected that they become, the more they discover these psychic abilities that they're like, oh my God, what is this? I don't know. Oh my God, uh, what are we doing? And so they have to seek the help of a spiritual teacher to teach them all the things that they never knew about chakras and energy work and spirituality and psychic connections and things like that. And the person who teaches them that, everything that he teaches them in the book is actually at one point what I have taught my students from the basic chakra 101 all the way up to psychic development. And so that's where the part that part's true. <laughs> You know um so it's kind of fiction but kind of not and yeah it's just a really fun adventure there's a lot of twists and turns the the characters are nuanced everybody has some type of mindset issue that's in the way of their happiness and so when they push through that and they help each other through that all the characters help each other through, through that um that's when they get to being truly happy and so it's it, it i've I've had people say oh my gosh i've read your book and i'm just so happy and joyful right now and i'm like okay good because i didn't i didn't want to add all that you know there's a lot of those kinds of things that end in a lot of sorrow there's a lot of trauma triggering things in other books that i did not want to add to mine and so i was very cognizant of that when i wrote it
0: okay I am an avid reader, listener, used to be a reader. Now, as I mentioned, I, I listen and I love the concept, love the characters. And all I can think was, is this a standalone or can, is it going to be made into a series? Like, do these characters now that they have found themselves and understand their powers, for example, are they going to have other adventures where they, where they tackle other challenges or other, she's nodding folks. If you're not watching. Oh the yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So
1: yeah, there. it is a series. It
0: is beautiful. a series. <laughs> beautiful. We are going to put information. So the book is out already. It's already been published. It is. Guys, check the show notes because I will, of course, include that information in the show notes so you can get get the first in the series from this new, beautiful, spiritual novelist. I love fantasy and, and romance. I Patricia Briggs is one of my favorite authors, and she's written a, a werewolf, coyote series, mm-hmm. all kinds of, I don't know if you should check her out. She's amazing. But I do love that story. But let's let's just tie this up. You've had a journey with lots of highs and lots of lows, and a lot of realism at an early age. My heart kind of broke when you shared that at fourteen you you threw your stuff away. But I understand, right? It, those first of all, that's that's the beginning of really strong emotions and hormones and all of that stuff. But yeah. pressure to conform, I think, for women especially, really comes to light very heavy at that age. So. I felt kind of, I feel kind of badly that you went through that, but on the flip side is it's okay because she's back doing what she does best (laughs) to write, which I think is beautiful. But you've learned some really beautiful lessons along the way, which is first of all, the body always body does not lie. Doesn't like if everything gets held in the body one way or another and the universe folks, however you like to think of, of your world in my world, the universe always lets you know what you need to know. If you're willing to see it sometimes, we turn our, we don't want to see it. So it just come finds another way to to come knocking on our door. But it sounds to me, Sarah, like you are listening and you are experiencing and you are, you're comfortable, you know, you're comfortable with all of the experiences that you've had. And I want to thank you for that because every time you share your story, you actually give other people permission to be comfortable in their story. And that's really the number one thing that I want from our conversations on this podcast is I want people to question and get curious about their story. And if it's not working for you, change it. You don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be a difficult thing. It can, you can find help for that. Is there anything else that you, that I forgot, that I haven't, Added in this wrap up about your journey that you'd like our listeners to hear.
1: No, this was pretty thorough. I mean, I really appreciate the time here. It's it's been amazing. I could talk to you for like a hundred years. Oh, right? like, we're going to do this. <laughs> like, woo! Yeah, totally yeah, 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 yeah. Like
0: after totally. I hit, the report, we can still keep keep talking. But <laughs> um, I want to thank you because many times we as human beings suffer in silence, grow in silence, and I think it does take a special type of courage to share those journeys. Not not to be silent anymore, but to put our hand up and say, hey, I've got a question or hey, I've got a story or wow, this could be an interesting conversation, especially when we are in troubled times. I think the more conversation we have, the better. Sarah, it has been an absolute delight. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed our conversation and check out the show notes. Join me next week or later on in this week because I, I may actually start dropping episodes more often than once a week. Yes, I may. But I wish you all an amazing week. And if you've got any questions or thoughts or comments about this particular episode, just, you know, make a comment or or DM me directly. My name is Mahara. My guest today has been Sarah Perez, spiritual novelist. Go get her book. And I will see you all next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you.